Flames. Is Sportsnet today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames? Sportsnet 960, the fan. All right, we're kicking off hour two. This is Sportsnet today. I'm Logan. He's Cam. She's Taylor. We're coming to you live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Downtown Studios here in Calgary, Alberta. Let's get to here in hour two. Two games on the NHL schedule tonight. The Boston Bruins. Can do away with the Florida Panthers in Game 5 of this series. In Boston, potentially with their captain back. You can also hear that game right here on Sportsnet 960, the fan, for your listening pleasure. And then tonight, we will finally see a team on the brink of elimination between the Seattle Kraken and the Colorado Avalanche. No Kale McCarr tonight for Colorado as he serves that one-game suspension for uh, interference on Jared McCann back in game number four. Wants to get you around the NHL playoffs, and uh, no one better to uh, chat with as we do this to kick off hour two uh, than by heading down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Saying hello to our pal from Sportsnet 590, the fan in Toronto. Uh, always kind enough to give us some time. We really appreciate it. It's Matt Marchese uh, joining us this afternoon. Matty, thanks for doing this, man. How are you? Oh, thanks for having me, Logo. I'm good. Uh, just uh, another night. I don't love two games in the Stanley Cup playoffs in one night, but at least I can actually, you know, watch them <laughs> and and be, you know, really in tune with both of them rather than having to jump back and forth. But uh, could see an elimination tonight. Yeah, I love that uh, that point by because as much as I love the first round, I always feel like I'm missing out on on something. I'm I'm always happy when an intermission comes because I'm like, okay, good. I can bounce back to that one and go and see what's happening and catch up on everything because there is so much going on and we've had overtime games and we've had games delayed by penalties and sometimes we've had like what three games going on at any one time it's hard to keep up with everything. It is, but I will say this. I am jealous of anybody who lives west of me in different mm. time zones because I'm telling you, watching the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, I know I'm I'm complaining here, um, but when your daughter gets up really, really early in the morning, it's really hard to stay up and watch these West Coast games or the 10 o'clock starts, whatever it may be. Um, so I'm very jealous. Like For me, if I lived in the Pacific time zone, I think that is the ultimate for watching sports like the NFL is great for that and hockey would be much of the same especially in our business because let's face it um our job is sports so uh, I have an excuse to you know watch hockey at 4 p.m pacific time or or you know or 5 5 p.m mountain time like I'd be happy with that yeah it's funny we always have these conversations when the flames head out to their uh pacific division road trips out through carolina out through california and we get a couple of the 8.30 starts in San Jose or L.A., and we're all going, oh, this is so late. Like, how how in the world do we do this? We're going to be out here till like, 1. And then we sit there and go, well, it's actually be so much worse if we lived out east. It would be so terrible. Yeah. We'd be, like, starting at, at 10 o'clock or 10.30, and then we'd really have something to complain about. But, yeah, it's it's funny how that works out. But we won't have any of that tonight. We should be good to go. 
Um, before we get to those games, man, I do have to flash back to just a couple nights ago, uh, obviously where you're uh, coming at us from in Toronto with the Leafs and the Lightning, the Leafs taking that 3-1 series lead. What was the feeling like when Tampa Bay got out to that early lead? And, you know, what was it just flashing through Leafs fans and Toronto fans' minds when that happened? Was it more of the same, or was there actually something different this year that made you think, eh, maybe this Leafs team is built to come back and beat Tampa Bay? I The first thing that crossed my mind was, here we go again. And the second thing was, crossing through my mind was, it's over. Um, this game is done. Toronto will go back to Toronto with the series tied at two, which I, I think... I think was expected. I, I think a split in, in both locales was probably the way that people expected it to go. Like I had, I had the Leafs in six game. One didn't matter. I never wavered. It was Leafs in six for me. Uh, I'd be happy if they win it in five, but at, at the end of the day, I, they didn't play well enough to elicit any sort of hope. And I think that was the part that kind of caught everyone off guard. It's almost as if a switch got turned on because let's face it, the first period, I actually thought the first period wasn't that bad. Um, I thought they are, I mean, actually, no, the first period was bad. I thought they were a little bit better in the second, like mildly better. But when they go in down 4 1, I'm looking at it going, okay, this game's probably going to end 5 2 or 6 2, and, and that's fine. Uh, they don't deserve to win. They haven't played well. And then, you know, Matthew scores the goal and I'm going, okay, there's still lots of time left. Like maybe this is manageable. And then when he scores again and I'm going, okay, now we're in one here. Like I'm, I wasn't going to turn off my TV anyway. God, I sat through all of game one. So I certainly wasn't going to turn my TV <laughs> off after this one. And you know, the four, three goal goes in Matthews with the tip. And I'm just like, Oh, okay. They're making some hay here. There's still lots of time left. And then, you know, Morgan Riley ties it up and I'm going, this can't be happening. Like, and usually when a team comes back like that in a game, you're like, okay, overtime, they're going to lose. They got nothing left in the tank. And sure enough, they get a power play. And of all guys to score is the guy that is probably one of my least favorite Leafs is Alex Kerfoot. And I got multiple texts saying, hey, your boy Kerfoot scored. <laughs> um and I still haven't changed my mind, but it was a great, it was a great tip. And so I think it was, it was when it became four, three, I think that's when leaf nation just goes, well, hold on a second. This is different. We we've not quite, we felt it the other way, but not this way. And so I think this, that game in particular, and even the game before that, you know, coming back with the late goal and then winning it in overtime, those were games that the Toronto Maple Leafs did not win in playoff past. And maybe that's a, maybe that's just something that, you know, they learned along the way, but I think there's a little bit more to it. I think it's, it's the roster that they've constructed. It's a different type of team, a team that has a little bit more grit. They've, they've they're They go to the front of the net and I'm sure we're going to talk about that, but like they, they do all the little things that you need to do in the playoffs and the stars are the stars. Your stars are leading to you outside of John Tavares, who outside of the hat trick in, in game two has been a little bit invisible, but he's doing little things right. So I think that's where it's all encompassing and saying this team does actually feel different. And I was going to say the, the, the difference factor is one that I'm curious in because I, I wonder, Maddie, how much of it is this Toronto team feels different 
or does this Tampa team feel different? Because it also feels like that's not a lead that a Tampa Bay team in the last three years lets slip away at home to any team. Does not even Toronto, doesn't matter who it was. It feels like you knew, and heck, it sounded like they felt that way after two periods of play as well, that this was going to be one of those games that they just salt away and, and move on to the next one. So I'm curious if maybe, and maybe it's a bit of both, right? Maybe it's, it's like you said, Toronto learning some of those lessons. And it's also maybe that Tampa Bay is just not the juggernaut that they have been the last three seasons. So I do think it's a bit of both because I, I think the Toronto team, and I've said this when I do my show on Saturday mornings, I, I said at the beginning of the playoffs, this is the best team that the Toronto Maple Leafs have put together from top to bottom since at least 93 and probably even further back than that. And that's saying a lot because, listen, there have been really good teams along the way. You look at the Leaf teams from the late 90s into the early 2000s. And then, of course, the you know the early 90s teams with Clark and Gilmore and Andrew Truck and Anderson and go down the list. But the Tampa team... It's not it's not a talent issue with Tampa. It's certainly not an experience issue either. I think the Leafs are playing Tampa Bay differently. I think they're more physical and they're going to the dirty areas which they didn't have which they didn't do before where they could have had success. Now, here's the other thing that this is going to come up in conversation and I haven't heard it yet, but it is going to come up in conversation, I promise you, is fatigue with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Their stars, their goalie, their their best players and a large portion of this team have been through lengthy playoff runs the last three seasons you have less time to recover in the off season and when you're in season there's there's not really time to recover so that is part of the equation here that hasn't reared its ugly head just yet but i do believe that it's going to the other thing is and it's funny because just before i came on i had seen the headline about it that John Cooper's not happy about what uh, Derek Lalone said on, on hockey night in Canada Mm -hmm. saying that that information is false. I don't see why Derek Lalone has anything to lie about in that position. Although as members of the media, we've been accused of lying before, but (laughs) I look at this situation and I say the Leafs obviously have found something here. There's a recipe for success. And I think that's the biggest difference. When you look at, when you, when we, when we look back on this series, whether the Leafs, win or lose we will look at Andre Vasilevsky as having some warts exposed do I say this is all on Andre Vasilevsky no but Andre Vasilevsky is allowed 19 goals in the first four games that is not like him he's he's arguably one of the greatest playoff goaltenders that we have ever seen like in the history of the game and we, the stat was coming into this year much like it was last year look at what Andre Vasilevsky does after a loss Well, Andre Vasilevsky, after losses in this series, has allowed five goals, and he has allowed four goals. So there is something there, and when we look at the goals that they've scored, how many of them are from the point? How many of them are tipped in? There's a lot, and a lot more that the Leafs have scored in this series than they have in the past six playoff series that they've been in. So I I think that there's a little bit of both there, but I do think the fatigue factor for Tampa is going to come up. On that Lalonde point, is that is that crossing one of those unwritten rules that we talk about in sports, Maddie? Like, if that's is something that's come up that, that that he knew during his time in Tampa Bay, is that is that a little bit of dirty pool to to bring it up on a national broadcast like that, or 
is it, hey, it's all fair game. He's not there anymore. If he wants to share it, he's, he's more than welcome to. So I look at it two ways. One, Derek Lalone can say whatever he wants. He really can. He's a coach of another team. If his team has a problem with it, that's a different story. But here's the other thing that nobody wants to talk about. Do we not believe that the Toronto Maple Leafs of all organizations who spend money outside of the cap on scouts, on analytics, on front office staff, on you name it, they spend the money on it. Do you not think that they have this information handy? Do do you not think that they know what Andre Vasilevsky's save percentage is on shots with traffic from 30 feet out or 40 feet out, whatever the case may be. Of course they have that information. So for, for I, that's why I don't think it's out of line because for us, the fans to know it's cool for us in the media to know it's cool, but those teams already have that information. And frankly, if they don't have that information, then they're doing it wrong because that's how you win. That's how you gain a competitive advantage. Some teams have more money to spend on that than others. But the Leafs and Kyle Dubas use that at their disposal. I always I, I said this about how much people hate the Leafs. Other teams hate the Leafs because in some ways, and I don't want this to be taken the wrong way, they would like to be them in that you look at the loyal fan base. They haven't won a thing in over 50 years, and the fans still show up in droves to the arena all the time. So there's cash flow in all the time. The 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 merchandise sales that you name it, they've got it. And then off the ice, they have a budget to go out and spend base it's not an unlimited budget, but it's pretty darn close with the money that they bring in. And Kyle Dubas spends it on these things, whether it be developmental coaches or scouts, analytics, like I said before. So there's a jealousy factor in all of this. The Leafs have more of it and they're using it to their disposal. I I I don't think it was as simple as Sheldon Key said, well, we just click a button and then we get the numbers. Like it may be that simple, but they have that stuff available to them. So I think it's more of a shock for people that are watching and go, oh my God, Derek Lalone said something, you know, that it's got to be state secrets. Well, maybe the part about them changing their defensive structure, but you can watch that on film too. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no secrets in the game anymore. There really isn't. No, not with the way practices are and the way that there's, you know, social media and everything. You're right. There there really doesn't feel like there's that separation that at once there there might have been. And, you know, speaking of practice and everything, when the Leafs were out there today and Sheldon Keith making the announcement that Michael Bunting would not be in the lineup for the next game despite coming off of his three game suspension. Maddie, was that a surprise to you at all? Or um just going with the winning lineup makes more sense for this team right now? If Matthew Nyes hadn't played as well as he had played, then maybe I would have been a little bit surprised. But Matthew Nyes is not coming out of this lineup anytime soon. He's just been too good. And when Bunting was in there, and granted, it was only for one game, he he hasn't he didn't have the same type of season as he did last year riding shotgun with Austin Matthews. We know that. And I just look at this and say, I don't want to change a winning lineup unless it's one of my stars that's coming back. Like if any of the core four or Morgan Riley or Ryan O'Reilly is coming back into the lineup, then we have a conversation. But Michael Bunting is not part of that group. Michael Bunting is not, I don't want to say he's not a difference maker because I think he can be. But I also think that what's happened here is because of the emergence of Matthew Nyes, because of the success that Ryan O'Reilly and Nolachari have had together, and now they're inserting Alex Kerfoot on that line, and Sheldon Keith loves him. Uh, somebody called him the, the flex seal guy. 
um, because you just stick him on anywhere and it just plugs a hole for now. Um, so I don't think that those top nine are moving anywhere. The one for me would be, I'd be interested to see if they move Zach Aston Reese off the fourth line. And then what you do just by osmosis is you're limiting Michael Bunting's ice. You may get the most out of him in limited minutes and you might have him take less penalties because there is an issue there. Like he's a target now. He's going to have that because I, I think part of the reason why he got suspended the way with for as many games as he did was he got away with one when Eric Chernak knocked him down and then he kind of goes after Chernak later instead of just leaving it which he should have and kind of made a mockery of the officials in that game I believe so I think limiting his ice and I'm not saying he's going to be like Daniel Sprong in Seattle where he plays 10 minutes a night and he has a goal and an assist but I think he could be better in limited action and if you want to use him on the power play in front of the net on the second unit that's fine but I think that's probably where we end up seeing this thing go as long as Matthew Nyes continues to play the way he does. Does the extra day in between help Toronto or help Tampa Bay more, do you think? I honestly, uh, they they were talking about it today on the show, and I'm honestly not sure because I am I am of the belief that momentum can happen in a game, but I don't think it carries from game to game. I think that Toronto just because they were just on such a high that they probably would have wanted to play the next day or the day after. But I think it's, I think from this perspective, I, I think it helps both teams because you just have that extra day of rest. And I, I think you're going to get your, the best game out of Tampa, regardless of if they had no days off one day off, two days off, whatever it is, because they're on the brink of elimination. Just like I do think that you're going to get the best from the, from the Maple Leafs. I think all it all it does is it just creates the extra day just creates more talking points for us. I don't think that it's noise for the players. I don't think they're paying attention. I think that they're just focused on the task at hand. So I I, I mean, the extra day probably helps Tampa just to kind of reset more. But I don't think it's a significant advantage over the Leafs having the extra day. Matt Bartese along with us here. Sportsnet 590, the fan in Toronto, chatting all things postseason. Maddie, just the two games tonight. What intrigues you more, uh, Boston being able to potentially close out Florida or who takes the lead in this Avalanche Kraken series? I think it's got to be the latter. And it's and only because I think we kind of saw this Boston-Florida series going this way anyway. Like, I thought Florida was going to get one, but I didn't think they were going to get more than that. And it's kind of come to fruition here but the seattle colorado series is super interesting because color there's just something colorado doesn't have the same depth as they did when they won the cup last year like they don't like landis Cog's not in the lineup they don't have nazem kadri in the lineup up front and and their stars really have to carry them throughout the playoffs and now they don't have one like Kale McCarr is not in the lineup and Kale McCarr isn't having the same playoff as he did last season. Cause last season, you know, it was incredible <laughs> wins the wins the, the con Smythe trophy. And he was, he was on another planet, but this season it's been a little bit different. Like they've been really banged up all year. They've kind of, they kind of had to scratch and claw their way towards the playoffs for a while until they got really hot near the end. And then they end up winning the division and, everything is kumbaya but seattle is pushing them in a way that i don't think that 
Colorado expected. Like Seattle's really used their speed in this series and their depth has really come to the forefront. Like I mentioned, Daniel Sprong just over 10 minutes the other night has two points, basically what he's done all season. Limited ice still manages to put up numbers. You know, they, they're going to have to do without Jared McCann, who scored 40 plus this year. He was excellent. Uh, as I like to refer to him, former Leaf great Jared McCann. Um, but I, and I've always wondered what Jared McCann would have looked like in that Leaf top six, but that's another conversation. Yeah. But but I think that Seattle is doing something that I didn't expect, and that is be able to compete without a star. Like, I think Matty Beneers is going to be a star, but he's not there yet. So to me, this is not only a great job of roster construction by Ron Francis and building that depth, because they don't have really household names. Like they've got, they've got guys that, you know, but they're not superstars. And I think that a lot of credit should go to Dave Haxtell with how he's managed this team. Cause I, I, I know he's not going to win coach of the year, but he should absolutely be in the conversation. And I know it's a regular season award. I understand that, but Dave Haxtell with what he is doing right now with this team, even if they lose in seven, I think it's a great stepping stone for this franchise in their first playoffs to, you know, really take the the defending champs to the limit here. I'm I'm very surprised at how this series has gone. Like this is for Colorado to win, and maybe this is too simplistic to say, but it does feel like that's how it's going to go. And and I also didn't mention no Nachushkin either. Who knows when he's going to be back? Mm-hmm. It is going to have to be the Nathan McKinnon and Miko Ranton show tonight in order for the Avs to grab a three, two series lead. Like I, I know they're, I know they're back at home and I, I, I get all that, but there is something to be said about how Seattle has kind of neutralized this Colorado team who is offensively very gifted, but man, Seattle looks really good. That that's the one that has my attention for tonight. The only other series tied at two games apiece, Maddie, is the Devils and the Rangers. Are we talking enough about what the Devils have done in the last two games to even this series up with the Rangers? You just look at Akira Schmid, right? And I, I, it's funny because I had this conversation with, with Merrick off the air. After game one, I think it was after game one, I just looked at him and I went, how many more chances is Vitek Vanacek going to get here before they look at a Schmidt? And he went, I don't know. Do you really go to the kid? I go, well, here's the thing. He might actually be at this moment better than the other two guys that they have. And sure enough, he gets the start and he was, you know, he's, he, he looked a little rusty, but he's managed to help them grab two wins. Here's the other thing. For whatever reason, Artemi Panarin and um, Mika Zibanejad have pulled the Biggest Houdini that I've ever seen from those two guys. Like those are players that were incredible last year during their run to the, to the Eastern conference final. And this season, like, I don't, I think New Jersey is good defensively, but I don't think that New Jersey is this astounding defensive team that with all the firepower that the Rangers have, that they can't do something like the kid line has been kind of shut down. I think Heedle has three points and then, Lafreniere has none. Kako may have one. And and like I mentioned, the top dogs have done nothing. Like Patrick Kane and, and, and Chris Kreider are leading the way. Vincent Trocek has one goal. Like it has been a really bizarre series. Look, both teams have won both of their games on the road. That is something that you absolutely cannot predict. This is probably going seven. And if it does, and if the trend stays, yeah, it looks good in favor of the Rangers. But the question that I, I look at and, and answer to is 
who do I like in a best two of three the rest of the way? And I still like the Rangers. I still like Shesterkin because you you have to think that there's going to be at least a minor falter from Akira Schmid. That it's the moment. It's I mean, well, he just won two games at MSG, so maybe I'm wrong about that. <laughs> but I, I just I look at it and say, I think the Devils are really good, but the the Rangers have kind of been there, and a bunch of their guys have been there, and I'm just. I, I can't imagine that the Rangers lose this series, but it's it's closer than I think a lot of people thought it was going to be after four games, especially after how the first two went. Yeah, I was pretty sold after the first two that the Rangers were just kind of, you know, going to big brother this thing. And, you know, at New Jersey, you'll have your time. You're coming up. You've got the Hughes brothers. You've got all these young stars. You'll get there one day. But, you know, we've spent all this draft capital and everything. We're going to do it ourselves this year. Uh, but they've changed that narrative pretty quickly, and I'm with you. I'm curious to see uh, where this one goes. I'm curious what we'll get tonight as well. It should be a good slate, Matty. Uh, I appreciate you hopping on with us as always. You're the best. We'll uh, chat with you again sometime soon, eh? Yeah, sounds good, man. Anytime. Take care. Matt Marchese, Sportsnet 590, the fan, uh, producer, co-host uh, of the Jeff Merrick Show that you hear uh, every single day here on Sportsnet 960, the fan from 10 till 12. Uh, kind enough to give us some time down the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar guest hotline two games in the nhl schedule tonight the bruins and the panthers at five o'clock kraken and avalanche at 7 30 we'll chat more playoff hockey next here on sportsnet 960 the fan you're listening to sportsnet today with logan gordon on the home of the flames sportsnet 960 the fan all right wrapping up the final segment of the show before we hand things off to hockey central 960 with haley salvian this afternoon I'm Logan, along with my outstanding production duo of Cam and Taylor this afternoon. Just two games on the NHL schedule tonight, Kraken and Avalanche. We'll get into those in just a few moments. Uh, Some other sports news around uh, the world today. Taylor's very happy. The Blue Jays are putting it to the Chicago White Sox as we speak. Well, afternoon affair at uh, Rogers Center in Toronto. 8-0 8-0 Blue Jays, bottom eight. Bearded Kikuchi's a thing, man. Another strong day for Blue Jays pitching. Bo Bichette all over it today. He's got a home run to left field. A couple of other RBIs throughout the night, and the Jays look like they're going to sail to a win over the lowly Chicago White Sox, so that's good news for the Blue Jays. Also, some NFL news draft coming up later this week. Uh, the Washington Commanders announcing that they will not exercise Chase Young's fifth-year option. He was the second overall pick in 2020 and will now play the last year of his rookie contract um, in 2023 with a base salary of $5.32 million. Uh, 24-year-old, one-and-a-half sacks, two forced fumbles last week, last year before suffering a torn ACL in week 10 and uh, it was made official today uh, by the Packers and the Jets the Aaron Rodgers trade went through he was in New York to be introduced to the media had his number eight jersey talking about his future with the Jets uh, very exciting times uh, in New York ahead of the draft this weekend of course those two swapping first round picks as well so we'll see that impact uh, taking out Thursday in round one of the NFL draft. But Cam and Taylor, 
uh, who are along with us right now at Setting Production Duo. Uh, with just two games on the schedule tonight, I thought it would be a good time for us to check in on our uh, first-round bracket predictions. Ah, yeah, I remember that. See how we're doing. I think we're doing okay. You think we're doing okay? I think some of us are doing better than others, but Taylor, I think we're do doing think okay. think we're doing okay? Um, you know, things are happening. Things are happening. Never said we were professionals. Mm. Okay, fair enough. Um, it's 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 up in the air. Okay, well, a lot of these not decided yet, but we'll we'll see how we're doing. Kind of the midway point uh, of round one here, a little update on our predictions from round one. We'll keep doing these throughout the rest of the playoffs into uh, the rounds. We'll be able to do a prize for whichever one of us comes out with the best record. But uh, starting with the games tonight, mentioned Bruins, Panthers, Kraken, Avalanche. What do you need to know for tonight? Patrice Bergeron might be back in the Bruins lineup tonight for Team 5 in Boston. That would be a huge plus for them. They look to uh, put away Florida in five games if they can pick up a win tonight. It's a 5 o'clock puck drop on Sportsnet and right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Uh, we all picked the Boston Bruins in round one. Now, Cam, you picked Bruins in four. Might have been a little short-sighted on my part, but, you know, we're still we're still in Bruins camp here. So you'll, you can still get one point if you can get the Bruins right, which looks like it's going to happen. Which I will, let's be and, honest. Fair enough. And Taylor, you, me, and Alex... Our friend from Brody on the beat. All have Bruins in five. So we all need a Bruins win tonight. And we'll have gone uh, perfectly correct in our prediction for Bruins and Panthers. Come on, Bruins. Let's do it. Let's let's do this. We can be excited. That could come to fruition tonight. Uh, Colorado, Seattle. This is an ugly one for us. We're not doing so well. Not proud of this one. Cam had the Colorado Avalanche in four. Oh. Oh, it stings. So that's that's not going to happen. Now, the good news, Cam, Brody had the avalanche in four. We're in it together. So you're in it together. At least we agree on one of our picks. And Taylor, obviously being one of the best and brightest here at Sportsnet 960, shared the prediction with me of Colorado in six. So we're still alive. We need an Those av- Seattle Krakens, man. We need a, a we need a Colorado win tonight, and then they need to finish the series off in Game Six. So two straight wins for Colorado, and we can get that done. But you're right; those Seattle Kraken are pissing me off. As far I as would, my prediction goes, like we know that Colorado is going to win, but we didn't think that Seattle was going to put up this big a fight. I don't know if they're going to win now anymore. To be honest, I still think they will, but I'm less confident than I ever have been because maybe in seven, maybe. No McCarr tonight. He's serving his one-game suspension. The only reason it'd be seven is because of that suspension, by the way. If, if he plays tonight, I think it's a wrap in six. I don't know, man. There's just something about, I don't know what it is with Seattle that has frustrated Colorado a bit here. And, I mean, they've gotten up to a couple 2 nothing leads, and they've blown them, and it hasn't really mattered as much. But I don't know. They've just been, they've been pesky, real pesky, and I don't love it. Real pesky. Uh, that and game. Cracking. Is a 7.30 puck drop. You can catch both the games tonight. As we were saying with Matt Marchese in uh, segment one here on hour two. Don't have to channel surf as much tonight. You just got two games. Hopefully Bruins Panthers isn't pushing to overtime. You can just watch both games. You don't have to be worried about 
flipping through three different games. There's just two on the schedule tonight. Keep it locked right here. Uh, so that's the games tonight. Let's talk about what else we have going here. Uh, let's start with the Wild and the Stars. Stars take a 3-2 series lead last night. 4-0 win over Minnesota. Uh, we all have the Stars. So that looks good. Um, me being the genius that I am had stars in five. That cannot happen. But the rest of you had stars in six. Speaking of pesky, how about that wild team, eh? Just grind it out. Mm, pesky. I don't know if that was a five last oh. night. No? I don't know. Taylor, was that a five last night? I thought it was two for sure. I'm going to be honest with you. I was not watching that game. I was paying attention you. to the Blue Jays. Wow, how rude. You didn't see the highlight this morning of uh, Felino's little knee-on-knee collision? I did not. I'm very sorry. Mm. I have other priorities. If I could find it and send it to you. and get. I had to watch Danny Jansen hit three home runs. Or two, but... We're going to do this live. We're going to get this. Do you have your Twitter up? Cam Taylor? just is showing me now. Taylor? Is it a five? Taylor says. Live reaction. Taylor is watching the Marcus Felino hit last night. Okay, got him here's five the thing. in a game. Knee on knee. For kneeing Radic Foxa. I can see where you guys are coming from, but I don't think it's a five. I don't think it's a five either. I it's a two for sure. Because he makes no... Re- he makes no Effort to get out of the way. That's what bugs me about the play. If I'm Felino, is if I'm if I'm Dallas, that's why I'm for sure pissed because he didn't make any attempt to get out of the way. Like his legs out, and he doesn't move his leg, so he's not looking to get the knee. So I'll give him that. But he also makes no effort to get out of the way. Like he knows his leg is going to run into facts in some way, shape, or form. You got a game misconduct for that too. Uh, Five I, just, game. I don't see it. Why are he, the he's wild... going shoulder for shoulder and the knees hit? Yeah, but you have to move your leg. You can't. Yeah, you can't be in the way. You can't keep your leg like that and not move it. Like you, he knows that's going to create contact with Faxa. There's no way he doesn't. So I again, I'd give him two for sure. I don't know that I would have gone five or not. I mean, knees are. Uh, it's a dangerous game to play, but nobody wins in the knee on knee. No, not really. But why are the Wild being so mean to the Stars right now? They they knock out Pavelski. Now they're hurting Faxa. I think that's how they have to play this. I'm not dirty, to be fair, uh, to be like very clear about this. Not dirty, but I think that's their only way to. Dallas is just so much more skilled. You know what I mean? With Robertson yeah. and Hintz is going crazy right now. Sagan's got four goals. They have insane depth in scoring. Yeah. Ottinger is crazy good. I think this is I think Minnesota's only way to play this series was to out physical them. Was to to bully them and get Absolutely. them off their game this way. And didn't really work. I don't but... think it's working. Well, yeah, because I think the refs have the refs haven't been great, but they've kind of played a hand in that now too and you know I I think that was Minnesota's best chance at winning the series and now Pavelski is traveling with Dallas to Minnesota 
for game six. Um, that's usually a pretty good indication that he's going to play. So now you've got you're coming off a 4 nothing loss, and one of their best players is coming back for that game. Ottinger can keep saving, you know, keeps the percentage over 900. I think it's, I think it's a wrap. Gustafson continues to be under 900. I just, I don't see it anywhere past this. We'll see. Three uh, two series lead for Dallas in that one. Uh, Vegas and Winnipeg. What do we have here? Winnipeg keeps getting hit by that injury bug, eh? Uh, yeah, that's not great for Mark Shifley. Oh, Shifley. Bought in the airport with two bags. Looked okay, but I don't think he's playing. We'll see. That was a nasty little collision. Uh, What did we have for Winnipeg-Vegas? Taylor has Vegas in six. Cam has Vegas in five. So that's still... You can still do that, Cam. Still a chance. I think it happens. Uh, Poor Broads, the Manitoba native. Jets in six. Really bummed about not going to be Mm. able to see the whiteout next round. Mm. It's tough. But Jets I guess in six. You know what? I I kind of want it. Like I was talking to Brody about this yesterday. Where you want the Jets to win, but deep down you know that they're not. Yeah, they're not they're not winning this. I'm sorry. They're not gonna beat Vegas three straight after losing two at home. Heading to Vegas for game five is gonna be a tough ask. And the one thing I someone pointed this out to me too. Cam, you mentioned like no whiteout in round two. Why didn't they I get it. Talk about the jerseys. Yeah, why is why is Winnipeg not wearing white at home? So dumb. Their whole thing is the whiteout. (laughs) I was watching the game, and yeah, the broadcasters on Sports Center are just like, "You guys are having whiteout night. Why are you not wearing white jerseys?" Vegas was wearing white. It makes no sense. I get that there's NHL rules and. But, I mean, Carolina was just like, we're just going to wear our alternates for the rest of the year. And it's their best jersey, too. And Vegas loves wearing the gold ones. I just, it doesn't make sense. They love wearing that. So, you know, I, I, I still I think you should have done whiteout. But what do I know? Uh, Taylor, we both had Vegas in six, so we need a Winnipeg win to push this to six. Cam could still get his Vegas in five prediction right. I believe. Uh, and go two for two in that. So we'll see uh, how that one goes. Uh, so in the West, Edmonton and L.A. I think we're doing okay in this one, if my notes are correct. We're all in six. contention here. Yes, we are all we all have seven games, except Taylor has L.A. in seven. So we're still, we're still fine. I still think this is going seven. How are you feeling now, Taylor? You know what? I'm still feeling good. Still feeling the Kings? I'm still feeling the Kings. No, I have Edmonton yeah. 7, but I want LA in 7. We want the Kings to win, and right. I'm just the one who said it out loud. Fair <laughs> enough. You're not, you're, not, you're not wrong about that. Uh, Oilers with the big win last night. Who starts in goal for LA in Game 6? Who knows, because we have to wait until Saturday to find out. Too why long. Why there's three days in between three games? Come on. Don't ask me. I don't make those kind of decisions. Uh, so we all have seven games. Alex, Cam, Logan has Edmonton. Uh, Taylor saying what we're all feeling and hoping that it's L.A. Uh, okay, Eastern Conference picks. Uh, check in. We did Boston Ford already. Uh, how about Tampa, Toronto? This one. Boy. Cam. How about them Leafs? Cam, Cam, Cam. 
the only one who has Toronto in the series. And I thought I was cursed. You might still be, but that's... Not anymore. Eh. There's, uh, still, there's still games to be played, Kim. Something, something feels different. Reminds you about... Oh, okay, bud. Something, something feels different. Something about Toronto and 3-1 leads. So someone tweeted out the other day, you can't blow a 3-1 series lead if you don't have one, so fair enough. Although Toronto did look pretty good last game out. Uh, Alex says Tampa in five. That's not happening. Uh, again, Taylor and Logan, Tampa in seven. So that, that, we, that could happen. It's the only outcome left that would see us pick any points up. Uh, and then Cam has Toronto in seven. So, Braden uh, Point, if you're listening, um, win. Win. Just win. Just, win. just win. Please win. Just win. Vasilevsky, um, be good in goal again, please. <laughs> So we're still, me and Taylor are still holding out hope in that series. Uh, Cam somehow leading the way in that one. Uh, Carolina and the Islanders. Let's go to that one. Really Such a weird down. series. I did not see it going this way. Where did I have that written down? I've got it up here. Oh, there it is. Right in front of my face. Uh, okay. Uh, Islanders come back last night. Series is still 3-2 Carolina heading to game six. Uh, Cam, you had Carolina in five. That can't happen. Yes. Yeah. Taylor does Carolina in six. That could happen. Uh, Brody has Isles in seven. I have Isles in six. That can't happen. So I need an Islanders sweep from the the rest of the way out here. Uh, Taylor is in command right now, heading into game six. Her prediction could be 100% accurate with Carolina in six. You're looking good there, Taylor. That looks like a good one. I think that could happen easily. I'm so good at this. Could I just be... don't take any of your advice. That's, on You should never take any advice, my advice on anything. I don't. Good. Did we all catch the, the glitch of the Matrix last night? Do that way. What are you talking about? Both Sebastian Ajo sitting in the penalty box at the yes, same I time. That was pretty good. I think the body swap is complete. Mm. Uh, ignore everything you just said. Uh, and the one series still up for grabs. Uh, Rangers and Devils. This series tied at two games apiece. The road team has won both games in this series. Uh, Brody and Taylor have Devils in seven. That could still happen. I have Rangers in seven. And Cam, you're still alive with Rangers in six. So... I'm glad I switched that. I, st- I still feel way better on the Rangers than I do the Devils this series. Really? I mean, yeah. I don't know what else, what else to say. I'm glad I switched. Hmm. They just look better. Okay. Fair enough. So uh, some of us still alive, some still uh, pending. But, uh, of course, we'll keep you updated with our bracket challenge as we uh, continue through this NHL playoff. Uh, the two games tonight. Uh, Cam and Taylor, quickly as we are uh, getting set to get out of here in a couple minutes. Uh, do the Boston Bruins end it tonight in Boston in Game 5? Taylor. Yup. There's no needed explanation, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, fair enough, yeah. I won't uh, I won't argue with one for then. Um, Cam, do you have more than that? Nope. So they, in, they don't finish it out? No, I don't have more. I completely agree. It's done in five tonight. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Um, 
I'd love to I'd love to differ, but if Bergeron's in, I think this one's over. That's that's like the one thing that I'm feeling might keep Florida in this is if Bergeron doesn't play. But if he's back in, that building's gonna be insane in Boston. They've just been the better team. I really don't I don't feel like Florida's coming back in this series. Uh the way the last game goes, I think Florida was showing a lot of frustration and everything and how that's been uh yeah i'd be surprised if boston didn't close that one out tonight again you can listen to that one on uh, sportsnet 960 the fan don't miss it uh in the late game 7 30 cracking and avalanche no mccarr uh potentially no mccann for seattle i haven't heard any solid update if he'll play in tonight's game or not uh taylor who heads to seattle for game six uh with a series lead after tonight Ah. Don't make me make hard decisions here. You have to. That's how it goes. I don't I don't I don't No McCarr, no McCann. Who do you feel? I'm, I'm mm, I mm? this is hard because both of them have the ability to. But I'm gonna go with my gut and say Colorado. Cameron, I, I I think it's Colorado tonight. I think Seattle can probably get one more game off them, but I think Colorado takes it tonight. Maybe Seattle takes the next game, and then I think Colorado finishes it out. You should put some money down on that, Cam. You and me both know that my betting odds are not a no. But I'm just saying you need the money to pay for all those speeding tickets. Yeah, so. apparently. Yeah. Oh. Shots fired. I think I'm better just paying it off than betting put, on it. Put some money down. See if you can win win money for your fines. And then I lose, and I'm just out more money. Well, that, that could happen, but who knows? <laughs> Have some fun with it. Kraken Avalanche, 730 from Ball Arena in Denver uh, tonight. Uh, a couple texts. 960, 960. Uh, as we finish things off and hand things over to uh, to Hockey Central 960 with Haley Salvian in a few moments. This uh, is the whiteout because it was to counteract the sea of red. It's old. Yeah, I, I get it. I still just want to see it. If you're going to do a whiteout, have the team wear white. Just do it right. I'm sure there's some stupid NHL rule that prevents fun. Maybe but they can just uh, feel like we should be able to to make that happen. Derange a a teal out or a dark blue out. Uh, no one, yeah, it's just yeah, that doesn't work. Who has everyone wear your navy blue to the game tonight? Navy blue and red. Blackout. Could work. No one wears who's black jersey. Neither of those teams have black jerseys. Dallas do a night. Flames do it. Dallas can do the green out. Well, they do have that. That's a Matt black jersey with the neon trim. I hate those stupid jerseys. Those are such good looking jerseys. Shut up. <laughs> those are gross. No, I'm just saying if Winnipeg's going to do the whiteout, then do the whiteout properly. The Smurf outs. Stupid. <laughs> uh, some, I don't know if this is sarcasm or not. So many Oilers on the score sheet. So deep. I don't know. I'm just trying to pronounce that correctly. They were they had depth scoring last night. It was very good for them. Bugstad, Bajugstad, Hyman using his face. It's a good Oilers team. They picked up a big win last night. Just a face full of scoring. 
Uh, what does Mick say? Mick always has something interesting to say if you can read his text. Uh, this says you can hope and feel all you want, but the oil will beat Dallas in the West final uh, on their way to beating out the Bruins in the cup final. Uh, Bruins beat Rangers in the East. That's from Mick. I think that's pretty close to exactly how I had my bracket play out. I'll have to double check that. I don't think that's true. Um, you have to block the texter that's trying to fly Taylor out somewhere. That's illegal. Look, look it's a free trip to Toronto nope. and NHL game. Nope, never that simple. Nope. nope. Expensive Leaf tickets are right now. Nope. Exactly. Nope. Plus an NHL nope, playoff that's game. That's enough. Nope. That's that's where we're gonna end this. That's. We're gonna have a discussion with Taylor after the show about trusting strangers, especially especially bribes. strangers on the text line. <laughs> you know what? A general stranger out on the street is safer than the stranger on the text line. You know what? I know you weirdos on the text line. I've been here long enough. Taylor, it's like your parents saying, "Don't take." Does it sound too good to be true? Because it is. You know what? I'm We're gonna not letting someone fly you out to Toronto. It's not happening. It's not real. But Logan. Nope. But Logan. Nope. That's enough. Nope. Not enough. We're going to have a conversation about this later. Um, Taylor's not going to Toronto. She'll be here for the show tomorrow. Uh, as will that's, Cam. As will I. We'll break that's down. That's what you think. No, that's, that's what I know. Um, we'll break down everything in the NHL from last night and uh, also get you some Wranglers game day results. If you forgot, uh, game one, Wranglers Canucks goes tonight from the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. Seven o'clock puck drop. AHLTV.com, or even better, head to Wranglers.com. Get yourself some tickets. Head out to the Dome. Should be a great game. Good luck to the Wranglers tonight as they take on the Canucks. we got to get out of here. Hockey Central 960 with Haley Salvians coming up next right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.